Hello everyone, hope your day's going well. Uh, the passage of scripture we took a look at last week in our Wednesday night class, um, that would have been February 15th, was chapter 3, verses 7 through 18. Um, and that's a passage of scripture we're going to take a look at here. But prior to that, um, prior to that, I'd like you to look up Exodus 34, 29 through 35. That is a very important background to the passage that we took a look at last week that I'm going to discuss here briefly. So again, if you could first of all look up Exodus, that's the second book of the Bible, Exodus 34, and read verses 29 through 35. This is speaking of, of Moses as Moses when he was in God's presence and, and the, the effect of God's glory upon Moses making his face shine and the, the consequences, or I should say the, the ramifications of that for the, for the people of Israel. Um, that sets up very well what we're going to look at um, in 2 Corinthians. So look at that, Exodus 34, 29 through 35. After that, look up 2 Corinthians 3, 7 through 18, and read those passages back to back. Exodus first, and then 2 Corinthians. Um, press pause there on your player, do that, and then get back with us. Okay, hopefully you took the time to take a look at that passage, those two passages of Scripture. If you did, what you're going to find is Paul's going to make very clear here that the Old Covenant, and when he's speaking of the Old Covenant, um, speaking of the, of the Old Ministry, as he calls it, what he's referring to is the ministry, the covenant of the law. And that, that covenant, that law, was most definitely accompanied with glory. Uh, Moses went up on top of Mount Sinai to receive the law from God, and he came down, and his face was glowing to such an extent that the people of Israel wanted him to veil his face. As, as we see from this passage, Paul gives us a little bit more idea of just, just them wanting him to veil his face. He did it for another reason as well. But that is glory. I mean, his face was glowing like a light bulb, all right? I mean, it was it was to the point that it was frightening to the people. So if the old ministry, the old covenant had that kind of glory, what kind of glory is the new covenant going to have when it is represented by Christ himself and, and specifically in the time of the church, the Holy Spirit? And um, what does this mean for the new, the spiritual covenant? Obviously, it's going to have more glory than that of the old. Um, verse 9 says that the old covenant, they, they entitle it the, the ministry of death. And don't want to misunderstand here. Um, the law uh, was not wrong. The law was not weak. Um, the problem with the, the law isn't the law. It's, it's the problem of man, um, the problem of mankind. It's our problem because we cannot observe the law. And I guess if there's any weakness to the law, it's the fact that it does not have the power to overcome the problem of sin because the law points out sin. So that's why this law is, is called the ministry of death. This is the law that condemns. Um, Paul makes this really, really clear in, in his letter to the Roman church. Um, we call it Romans in our New Testament, that the law is good. It is the great revealer. If it wasn't for the law, we would not know to the extent at which we need a Savior and a Lord. So um, the law isn't bad. It's, the problem is us. So the law could not um, save so something had to come to take care of the law, and the new covenant, as we know, came through Christ. He is the fulfillment of the law. 
um, this new ministry is is a ministry of righteousness. Something we probably ought to understand. Um, Jesus just doesn't make us saved primarily. Um, what Jesus does by his sacrifice is makes us righteous because we cannot exist in the presence of God for eternity without being righteous. Um, and that's what Jesus purchased for us by his blood, our righteousness. Um, all right. Uh, as splendid as the law was, uh, and Israel was privileged just to be the vehicle God used to bring the law into the world, its glory faded into insignificance with the coming of the gospel, um, the great fulfillment of the law. Um, and the, the, the glory of the gospel, which is the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, that glory will never fade. It will most definitely remain forever. And then Paul goes on to talk in verse 12 about, about the, the, the amount of, of hope that we have, um, the, the boldness that we have, because the glory of this new covenant will never fade. Um, in verse 13, the, the, the verb tense in the Greek indicates that Moses um, regularly put on a veil. In other words, it wasn't just on Mount Sinai where, where Moses came down glowing like a light bulb. When he would go into the tent of meeting, um, we called the tabernacle, and he would go that into the holy place, and, and this pillar of cloud and fire would come down upon the tabernacle, and it would, it would shake the people up big time. And God would visit with Moses. Moses would come out of those meetings with um, with a glowing face, and he would put this veil on. Um, and he wore this veil for a couple of reasons. Uh, he did not want Israel to see that this glory that would be on his face from these meetings with God was was not something that would last. Um, the the glory of that would fade. So he he wore this veil um, to to hide the the fading away of that glory. Keep in mind, Moses had an incredibly tough job. I mean, he was herding cats here. Um, Israel was known for for one thing in Exodus. They were known for being hard hearted, stubborn people, and Moses had to lead them. So any advantage that he could get and by them still thinking he had this glory taking place under the veil, he would use that um, as much as he could to his advantage. So on that note, Israel and Exodus was known for one thing, their hard, hard hearts, their stubborn hearts. Um, the Jews, not in their entirety, but the Jews as a majority followed in those footsteps too well in the time of Jesus and in the time of the early church. Romans, in, in Paul's letter to the Roman church again, Romans, he speaks at length of the Jews and their hardened hearts. Um, there's a huge chunk of that, chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11. Um, and the point that 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 Paul makes here is he said, when Moses is red, the veil still remains. Now, without going into a lot of detail, when the law was read, um, that wasn't something that just everybody had. Um, Jews would go to a place and hear the law read in their towns, in their cities, and that would be a synagogue. Um, and, and we know from reading and studying through Acts on Sunday mornings that when Paul would go to the synagogues to preach the gospel, yes, there would be some Jews who would hear and would listen, but every time there would be very many Jews who would reject the message and not only reject it, but then rebel against it and usually cause some, some heart and some heartache and some difficulty for Paul as he was trying to share the gospel. So um, this veil, wherever Moses is read, this veil on the hearts of the people does not allow the glory of Christ to come through. Um, here's the thing, verse 16, 
makes it clear that Moses did not always wear this veil. When he would come back into the presence of God, he would remove the veil again. Um, And when he left the presence of God, he would put it back in place. So the question is, the question remains, where did Moses take the veil off? In the presence of God. We see from this passage, look very, very closely in those few verses right prior to verse 16, the veil is removed in Christ. Christ brings us into the presence of God. That was his entire purpose in coming into this world, to reconcile us to God, to bring us, that's what reconcile means, to to take two things that are not together and bring them back together again. Um, And that's exactly what Christ came to do, to bring people back to God. And um, only Christ can remove that veil. Uh, So, Something very, very, very strong message that Paul says here, and there's some lots of talk in verse 17, 18, powerful talk about about the freedom found in Christ, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty, and that is something that we can all plant a flag in um, with joy, um, that freedom that we find in Christ. So, um, this next week, that kind of wraps up our study. This next week, which will be tomorrow, tomorrow is Wednesday, that is February 22nd, and we'll be taking a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I think we'll go through verses 1 through 6. We might go a little further than that. It's kind of one of those situations um, where a section is is... Uh, a little too big to cover all in one night. So we're verse 18. It's kind of sections, chapter 4, verses 1 through 18. If you want to read through all of that, that would be a good thing. But we'll probably take two weeks to tackle the entirety of that passage. So hopefully you can join us tomorrow evening. Um, again, that is February 22nd. We'll have a meal here at the building at 6 o'clock. Um, and following that meal, we'll have classes for all ages as well as childcare. So it'll be a great time. If you haven't taken have the opportunity to join us yet, why don't you come and take part? We would absolutely love to have you. Again, classes for all ages at 7 o'clock. Hope to see you there. Have a good evening.